How's it going, Sci-Fi fans? This is Alex Malari from Dark Matter, and you are listening to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. This episode brought to you by Michael Crate and James Husband. Special love goes out to Lee Kemp, who manages our Facebook page. If you like what you're hearing here on the Sci-Fi Diner, feel free to leave us a tip at patreon.com backslash sci-fi, spelled the right way. And by Audible. Get a free audiobook when you sign up today. AudibleTrial.com backslash sci-fi diner. Engage. Science fiction is an existential metaphor. It allows us to tell stories about the human condition. Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast, where we serve up interviews, news, and our view on the world of science fiction. Come, grab a chair, and enjoy the conversations. I'd say we've got an unexpected guest. Rose. We're going, we don't need Rose. Yes, who's coming to dinner? Welcome to the Sci-Fi Diner Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Scott Hertzog. Good evening, I'm Miles P. McLaughlin. And I am Dave Sellers. And we are back, just the guys tonight. And tonight, uh, Em is back from her cruise, but she, wow, she came back and she's in quarantine because of this dang coronavirus. And uh, she's a bit bummed out, and uh, I don't know. She's and so just keep her in your thoughts. We are uh, sending good vibes to her tonight, so she's not with us. And um, Chrissy Rathensberger should be joining us in April, I think. So that's uh, pending. All, so we'll have her back. Her she's involved with um, with psychology and is part of a winter shelter, and that's kind of taken her away from the sci-fi diner for a bit. So all good work, good work, but we'll be glad to have her back on the show with us. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, so wow, this, wow, this, tracking this coronavirus is like watching a really bad sci-fi movie play out. Yeah, and you go on Facebook, you, you see some of your friends that were going to do cons here and there, and they, they're reporting that, yeah, it's canceled. Yeah, it's canceled. Zenkaicon coming this weekend canceled. You know, you just oh. you just look at that, and I, I have so many students that were interested in Zenkaicon, and they canceled the con. Mm-hmm. And you know, and but it's it's beyond that. Like just watching how it's spreading and how the governments are trying to contain it, it is legitimately like watching Contagion or like I saw Netflix like trending today, like outbreak. You know, you know, you just see. <laughs> People are, uh, it is like watching a sci-fi movie play out. Well, we watch these things and you think, well, this does, This is not affecting me. This, is, this isn't this is touching my life. But I think all of us here, and it's touching our lives in, in, in different ways as far as um, other outside interests or just going to the store or those those things have been affected by this virus. You know, going to the movies now. I mean, it, it is it is certainly like movie theaters in our area at least are closed, and uh, I know many of you listening are have are having similar experiences. I mean, you know, state liquor stores closed. Dave, you're going to be going through withdrawal here. Come on, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What makes you think I didn't stock up? <laughs> 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 Uh, touche, touche, touche. Like every good prepper. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I'm going to Dave's house. Yeah, we're, we're all going to Dave's house. You kidding me? But, and anyways, why don't we leap into our show here tonight? And uh, I'm sure we'll talk more about the coronavirus as we're kind of going through here. Um, but um, let's talk a little. What, what's on our menu tonight, Miles? I mean, I know that restaurants are closed, but the Sci-Fi Diner is still open. What are we serving we up are. tonight? So we are serving up. Um, we got a little a statement from the shore leave convention about the coronavirus. It, it's good for now. Uh, there's a new trailer for a TV show on the sci-fi channel called vagrant queen. It's going to come out in a, a couple weeks. We got a new, wait, Black wait, wait. Widow. are you saying there's sci-fi on the sci-fi channel? I know I was stunned. To, to, to I mean, this too. Miracles do happen. I mean, we need <laughs> miracles in this time. Yes. And, 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 Looks, it looks very interesting. So wait, that's wait, wait. why I thought is John Cena in the Rock in it? Because that would totally make sense. Then. Uh, no, I don't. I didn't see either of them. No, that is a miracle. It's a miracle. Go ahead. Yeah. So we also have a um, a, a Black Widow uh, trailer that dropped up about a week ago. But we, we'll go watch it and talk about it. We'll, we'll also have our uh, Picard uh, discussion. Um, and uh, we have our interview with uh, – I, I did with uh, – at Farpoint with a cosplayer by the name of Jay Justice. I had a great conversation with her. Got to meet her over the weekend, and she's a tre- treasure trove of, of uh, knowledge, especially when it comes to the Marvel Universe. Well, that's fantastic. It's great. I still remember our interview with uh, Joe Colton. It was just uh, – we had a great time. So yes. I love chatting with cosplayers and they, there's an art and skill in our work that many times goes underappreciated and especially the hours and time it's, it's a, it's, it, it is truly a work of art in a lot of ways. So. Right. And, and uh, I mean, she'll tell her story, but she, you know, she, she's one of those also that makes, makes a lot of her costumes. And so my, you know, my respect for her even went even higher, just, seeing all the work that she puts into um her costumes yeah absolutely absolutely well let's let's leap into what's going on in our uh sci-fi world this is kind of the appetizer you find out what's going on with your host what are we watching what are we loving and uh and so we're in the appetizer mode and so miles why don't you start out tell us a little bit about what is going on in yours in your i was gonna say your star trek world <laughs> most of it is star trek but in your sci-fi world what's going on in your sci-fi world well, a lot of it is Star Trek. I, I'm, of course, enjoying Picard, enjoying it a lot. But uh, there's some other good sci-fi out there. Uh, Altered Carbon Season 2 had dropped on uh, Netflix. The actor who played uh, Falcon in uh, the Captain America Mar- Marvel Universe movies, he, he plays he's the lead role in that. I got the Blu-ray for What We Left Behind, the Deep Space Nine documentary, and saw that this past weekend. I really enjoyed that. And I'm still watching the CW superhero shows. I'm reading the uh, Star Trek novel, uh, The Last Best Hope by uh, Una McCormick. And you said that's a Picard novel, right? Yes. So it's kind of a, it's a, is it a pre, pre-Picard novel? Is that what it is? Kind of filling in the Yeah, it, it's sort of covering the time between shortly after Nemesis to, you know, covering his time trying to rescue the Romulans from um, the impending uh, supernova and trying to relocate them. Now I do got a question on about what we left behind. That was, was that filmed before uh, we lost uh, the Ferengi? So is he, oh, in it? Uh, Aaron, he, he is in it. And 
he, he has a funny scene in this. So I, I think this was probably maybe this, that they wrapped filming this up about two years ago because we had even asked uh, Nana, Nana Visitor if she had any you know, inside scoop about maybe when we'll see this. And so it's, it, it's a couple of years old, but it's, you know, it, it's great seeing these people again, seeing the actors, seeing a lot of the writers, the writers even do what, what if we got a season eight? And so there, you see the writers actually talk, talking about in a, in a writer's room, how they would do a season eight. And they actually had some animation. So Dave, what's going on in your sci-fi world? Uh, not a whole lot. Um, Still look, looking forward every week to watching Star Trek Picard, at least for the next two weeks. Um, my wife and I watched Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, this they released that early. I can't wait to watch that again. They they did. I told her, I was like, you know, it comes out on DVD or Blu-ray on the 31st. I was like, that's when I'm planning to get it. But now we decided we want a digital copy also there. So I'll be spending another 20 bucks at the end of the month, <laughs> which is fine. I have no qualm. Um she really actually really enjoyed it. She stayed into the movie the whole way through. Did she was... watch it in the theater with you or she didn't? No, she did not. She did not. Um, but that's that's a lot of sci-fi. I mean, non-sci-fi entertainment world. We've been watching binging uh, Chicago PD on Amazon Prime, which has been great. And uh, if you guys out there, everybody has Hulu and you have a... I don't want to say a lowbrow sense of humor, but uh, there's a show on there called Letter Kenny. It's a Canadian comedy show. It is absolutely hilarious. Anybody's into that stuff, I would certainly, certainly recommend that to you. Um, but yeah, sci-fi wise, that, that's really, really about it right now. It's been kind of slow for me. All right. Well, not slow for me. So I have tons of sci-fi. So uh, uh, let me back up. I've obviously, I'm keeping up with Picard. And I guess let me tell you this. Because of Picard, as I told you last time, I'm watching TNG with my son. And Miles, I think you alluded to that. The um, um, What's been great is we are now in season two. And we just watched the Q episode where he introduces the Borg. Okay, good. Ah. Uh, so so we're at that, and that is fantastic because you get the first introduction of the Borg, and you know that that kind of sets up all the future Borg episodes because now the Borg is aware. you know. And then Gaina, of course, is in that episode and giving all her, her input as to this is now dangerous for the Federation, and now the Federation knows they have to prepare. You know. So, so that was a cool episode. The other episode we watched was Measure the Man. And perhaps hailed by some as being one of the greatest Star Trek episodes in TNG that it produced. And certainly, oh, yeah. if not ever, at least in the in the second season. And in this, of course, none other than Bruce Maddox walks in. And Kiefer turns to me wide-eyed. It's Bruce Maddox. You know, you get the first incarnation, first in introduction of Bruce Maddox to the Star Trek universe. Uh, and so very cool and very respect. It's funny because you watch the way they intentionally use pronouns, how he refers to constantly the data as an it till the very end. We refers to him as a, he. like, it's just a beautifully written episode. Um. 
and and, and a great setup into in, into this world, this universe. Um, and so uh, two classic episodes. We watched some others, but that those two were just beautiful, and um, and were worth mentioning, especially as they tie into the Picard storyline. Definitely, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I am trying. I have a question for you guys because I can't, for the life of me, remember this. Is Seven of Nine Voyager or TNG? A Voyager. Voyager. So we won't hit her. Like if I want to introduce Seven of Nine to Kiefer, we're gonna have to wait till Voyager to hit that, right? Yeah, that won't happen till season three, if I'm not mistaken. So if yeah, I really want to, right. so. So if I really want to just introduce her plot line, like I would just jump to like season three. Yeah. Am I going to be missing? Am I going to be missing a ton if I don't like show him some of the earlier Voyager episodes? It's Voyager. So no. Well, he should see the pilot. Maybe the pilot that explains how they got there. Right. Yeah. And I think, I mean, one and two weren't the best seasons, but there's a couple gems in there. But if you want to tell you what, I tell you what, what I need from you guys are the essential episodes of Voyager we need to watch before we hit season three. Okay. Well, so, definitely the pilot. So you guys can tell me off the air, our listeners, you can let me know essential Voyager episodes I need to hit before we get to seven of nine episodes. Okay. okay. So that, that's your homework. Um, so in my sci-fi world, the other things that are happening in my sci-fi world, like so two weekends ago, I had a guy's weekend. A bunch of us went up to the mountains, and all we did was play games and watch movies. So during that time, I watched the original Matrix, I guess, the, I watched the Matrix trilogy again, which I had seen before. And actually, I only watched the first one because I went to bed when they watched the other ones. And I watched uh, Part of Revolutions, I guess the very last one, which is very cool. Um. The other thing I watched, I watched uh, Sherlock at Holmes with it was a, the comedy with Will Farrow and his sidekick. Uh, not the not the Robert Downey Jr. ones, which are awesome, by the way. Um, and then I watched all six Terminator movies. Oh wow! And uh, watching them right in a row. Number one, a couple of things I realized: I had never watched Rise of the Machines, and I enjoyed it. And I did not realize the cast that they had in that one. So a decent cast. I know the movie got panned, but I liked it. Um, I really liked Terminator Salvation. I still like that one. I, it, it, it might be, it might be a hater who loves some of the earlier, it might be my favorite Terminator movie. And I think that watching it again, the reason it is, is because in Terminator Salvation, you have a Terminator that doesn't realize he's a Terminator. And him coming to grips and dealing with that. It's a little bit like Soji in Picard. Because um, Sam Worthington's character really captures that. Um, and so I like that aspect of it. Uh, also... Also, we have Chekhov in this. You know, he's he's one of the main, he's 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 Kyle Reese in this one. It's pretty phenomenal. Um, and then I also saw Dark Fate, which I never saw, and I did enjoy Dark Fate. I enjoyed kind of where they left us in that one. Is that the newest one? That is the yeah. newest one. Yeah. 
Um, so, but I, but so I enjoyed all of those. And then we watched John Wick, which is always good for mindless fun. Um, you know, you can Oh, you do. You need to watch all three because the guy yeah. goes ballistic because someone killed his wife's dog. Well, now his wife died, so it was all he had left of his wife, and that was. So it's kind of that sort of premise. Um, but it's beautiful, beautiful, and uh, many reasons I like that movie. So, so yeah, that's my sci-fi cool. world. You got a lot of sci-fi in, and I'm reading sci-fi. Mm-hmm. I'm reading. Well, I'm reading fantasy right now. I'm in the last book of the. Uh, of the uh, Throne of Glass series and absolutely enjoying it. So nice. Yep. So yeah, there you go. Cool. That's yeah. that's a lot of sci-fi. It's good. It is a lot of sci-fi. So I'm not up. I'm not watching anything real current except for Picard. But I guess that is kind of the current thing. So Miles, I understand you have a shore leave update for us. Yes. So shore leave put this out um, a few days ago. I guess you know just to reassure fans that the con was still going on, you know, you know, as of now, the con is still going on. So this is a brief statement. They, they put out dear fellow fans. We recognize that there is a high level of concern in the community regarding the coronavirus outbreak with confirmed cases in nearly every state and numerous events being canceled to slow the spread of the disease. It's natural to wonder about the status of this summer's convention with four months remaining until the convention. There's no need for hasty decisions at this time. Plans for surely 42 are moving forward and is scheduled for June 10th through 12th, 2020 in Hunt Valley, Maryland. As always, the safety and security of all our attendees is of most importance and we'll keep you updated. If anything changes the shore leave committee. Yep. So, I, I mean, that makes sense. We are we are a good four months out. Right. 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 Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm hoping. I mean, I mean, we're all hoping that they you know, either a cure or a, a vaccine is discovered soon. So. No more, no more people die or get sick. But a lot of things we enjoy and like to do have been affected uh, by this thing, and so we all want to have something to look forward to. Yeah, so let's uh, let's keep this up as something to look forward to, and obviously uh, pray that they uh, do find some sort of a uh, cure in the midst of all this, or at least it slows the spread or dies out. Um, so. I don't know. It's interesting. Like China is China kind of plateaued. Is that what they said? Yeah. So I mean, well, that's what they said. Yes, exactly. Dave doesn't trust them, but nah, nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's move on. You know, you you wonder. So television becomes a pretty uh, good medium to release because people can watch this from their home. So things like the Vagrant Queen. This is a positive thing for us, right? What channel is uh, this being released on? Sci-fi, you said, right? So Yeah, this is going to be on the Sci-Fi channel. Yeah, as I was joking, what, we have science fiction and science fiction channel? That's uh, pretty amazing. I know. That's really right. Well, let's, we're going to go ahead and play this trailer, and then let's go ahead and talk about the, uh, the vagrant queen here. You are the last of a royal bloodline. We cannot let the monarchy die out. Do you not hear the crazy... The revolution destroyed everything. And guess what? I got over it. I am not in a nightlight in this darkness. You are ridiculously badass. Raised by scavengers. Learn to fight or learn to die. 
Yeah, here you are. Grew up in Canada. You never apologize. I am sorry that you made me shoot you. The two of you won't last five minutes without me. Hang on tight. Sometimes it does feel like we have a giant flashing neon sign over our heads. He says, shoot here. We have a queen to kill. You have a loyal army here to protect you. I do not want to be your queen. Somebody's trying to hide. You damn well make a show of yourself. Identify yourself. Eh, I hate labels. We're a team. One of us falls. We all fall. Shall we? All right, so uh, let's talk about the Vagrant Queen here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up in Canada, so. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, so so here's my initial gut impression for watching the trailer. A, it is a cross between Guardians of the Galaxy, Fifth Element, and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. If they yeah, all got yeah. married, that's what this is what we got. And that's not a bad combination, but it's 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 kind of tongue in cheek, meant to be a little bit fun and not necessarily serious. It, it doesn't look like hard sci fi, no. Yeah. yeah. It looks you know, yeah. it looks it looks like I, I thought maybe a little Firefly and um Farscape uh together oh i can see that i can see i can see i can see the farscape connection definitely Mm -hmm. definitely especially the aliens oh Oh, especially yeah yeah. that but that's i think that's what made me think of the uh that's what made me think of fifth element a little bit Mm -hmm. because yeah that too that's kind of bizarre costumes and stuff so a little bit of retro in that when you guess when you uh, retro in sci-fi a little bit it, this this show looks like a throwback from 15 years ago. Yeah, so the Vagrant Queen. So I guess the real question becomes, Miles, are you going to be watching this show? I'm definitely going to check out the pilot. Okay. It, 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 it definitely intrigues me. Dave, how about you? Are you a yes or no for you? No, I'm going to check it out. Let that come out next Friday? Uh, yeah, 27. So yeah, next. Yeah. Next next Friday for us, yeah. I mean, you'll be begging for something to do in quarantine, man. Who's in quarantine? <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> he just walks into Wuton. He's filled with disinfectant. <laughs> I'm so full of disinfectant. I'm walking anywhere. That's right. <laughs> you <laughs> you'll, be, you'll be like, the coronavirus won't kill me. <laughs> Cancer will. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah exactly. <laughs> but, um, yeah, well, no, so... It, I'm going to be honest. This looks great. I, it's it's a show that I that I definitely want to check out. It's just a matter of I don't get the sci-fi channels. So I'll have to see how I can watch it. Mm-hmm. So. I'm sure it'll be out on Hulu or something. Yeah, someone someone will have it here. I think sci-fi. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on into our next trailer. Our next trailer is none other than Black Widow. And what's uh, I want to talk about this. Let's watch a trailer, and then let's talk a little bit about. 
what we think of the trailer, but maybe some other uh, questions I have regarding this. I tell people my sister moved out west. You're a science teacher. Your husband, he renovates houses. You're thinking about moving, but you're going to wait until the interest rates go down. That's not my story. Before I was an Avenger, I made mistakes. And a lot of enemies. He's called Science Taskmaster. He controls the Red Room. They're manipulated. Fully conscious, but no choices. I should have come back for you. How many others are there? Enough. We have to go back to where it all started. So they never do that to anyone again. We're a family. We fight with you. You won't win. I've always found it best. Not to look into the past. Okay, you got a plan or shall I just stay duck and cover? My plan was to drive us away. Well, your plan sucks. At some point, we all have to choose between what the world wants you to be and who you are. I made my choice. I'm done running. Here's what's gonna happen. Natasha, don't slouch. I'm not slouching. You're going to get a big hunch. Listen to your mother. Oh my God, this- Up, up, listen. All right, enough, all of you. I didn't say anything, that's not fair. All right, so let's talk about Black Widow here. Uh, what do we think about uh, this trailer, number one? I think we know what happened to the dude from, uh, from uh, Stranger, Stranger Things. Oh yeah, <laughs> facts. Well, he, so you were saying well, he did we're, we're saying Russia. we're saying Stranger Things is a tie-in to the Marvel Universe. Got it? Yep. <laughs> right here, you heard it here in the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. You heard it here. Yeah. I mean, it looks it looks awesome. I mean, mm-hmm. and does that guy have tit- does that guy have a titanium shield? Or vibranium. vibranium? Vibranium, that's what I meant. Vibranium. Like Don't know, but... Um, it looks like it. He he intrigues me, whoever he is. I'm not. I mean, I'm sure he has a history in the Marvel Universe, but the, with the armored face, you know, the and the shield, there's, there's something interesting going on there. Yeah, absolutely. I was reading something that uh, the guy who plays Natasha's dad there, who's in the red kind of Russian suit or whatever. Uh-huh. So I read, I read an article already that he was probably the best written Marvel character in this movie. Like as far as the whole Marvel universe goes, but oh, interesting. I'm waiting to see that. 
Yeah, we. I mean, it looks fun, and the family dynamic oh, yeah. looks fun. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it just does. It's like, stop slouching. I'm not slouching. You know, it's just the, this that died in the midst of this crisis that the family going to. But obviously, we're getting some backstory to Black Widow. And again, you know, we have so few strong female characters in these movies. So, like, Captain Marvel is phenomenal because of that. And Black Widow carries that same weight as does Wonder Woman. I realize that's DC Universe, but still. It's great to see when these movies come out, and we're expecting this to be successful. So, mm-hmm. so my big oh, question, sure, yeah, they, made, they so my, made money already. Yeah. So my my big question is, so we're here in the coronavirus. Theaters have been shut down. Does this push all due dates back? Do they just reshuffle due dates on top of others? I mean. Do they decide? Well, it sounds that, like they have. Do they? What was that? It sounds like they have. I know the new James Bond movie is getting delayed. Uh, the ninth Fast and Furious movie is being pushed back. So I don't know if they'll do the same thing or not. But since it is a Disney production, there I was reading months ago that one of the big things that they were talking about doing with Disney Plus service was making that their platform for release, period. Their thought process was, you know, the movie could movie product the production companies make like five dollars off of your movie tickets. Right. The average person goes to the movies maybe twice a month on yeah. average. If they're if you've got millions of people paying eight bucks a month for Disney Plus They'll make a ton more money having that as their their sole platform for new releases. Can you imagine? Whether, and it was rumored. Oh yeah, yeah. It, it was rumored back then that Black Widow was going to be the test bed for that, but I haven't heard or read anything since. But can you but imagine? Can you imagine if they release Black Widow on just Disney Plus? But you'll never be able to log on to the server. Their, their, their subscriptions will be off the chart, even if it's only for a month. Right. You know? They make a ton more money than they would in the box office. I can, oh, I can yeah, absolutely. It. Well, what they can do is that, that, to introduce and say, okay, sign up for the Disney Plus and see the new Black Widow movie, but you have to sign up for three months or whatever. Three-month commitment. They could. Yeah. Yeah. And even then, if you take a family of four, and I'm signing up for three bucks a month for Disney Plus, I'm saving money, <laughs> big Not time. Yet. Oh, you are, you are. No, this is it's totally. I, I, I don't know. Uh, is it is it beneficial for Disney? I don't know, but it would certainly be an interesting experiment. The question is, do they want to experiment with Black Widow? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's going to depend. Uh, the the new rules are being uh, written all the time right now with the world that we're in. So. Yeah. But. Yes, indeed. All right. Well, why don't we, uh, anything else you want to say, uh, Miles, Dave, about Black Widow? I'll see it in theaters if uh, the theaters are open. Yeah. Maybe, we, no. maybe I'll give us hazmat suits and we go walking in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I'll take a Lysol shower yeah. before and after. Yep. All right. Oh, I joked about getting. Go ahead. I joked about getting one of those uh, those full body white painter suits at Lowe's and come walking around work with that in my my respirator and safety goggles on just to freak people out at work. <laughs> that would be awesome. I thought better of it. <laughs> <laughs> you still want your job is what you're saying. Exactly. I don't hate my job that much. <laughs> um, so let's talk about Picard. We've had two episodes of Picard. We're in the Penthe of broken pieces. Um, so before we get into the nuts and bolts of these episodes, uh, uh, did you, did you like, did you like these episodes? Oh my, yes. Oh yeah. I think these were some of my favorite episodes may, may have been my most favorite episodes. Yeah. I think there, there has been one that I disliked. I think they get a, a little better all the time and, yeah. and there, there's always so much that I have to go back and watch it again. Yeah. I'm afraid I missed right. something. Yeah. So let's oh, go. now with go ahead. Yeah, I was gonna say with Nepenthe being, I guess your your kind of pause moment of an episode where you know, there really wasn't much of a of a pause in it, but it's kind of your 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 bridge episode there, and picking up with broken pieces. I think with with two episodes left, the octane I think is going to get higher right. on these last two to round the season out. Really? So we're into that third act. You said bridge moment with the tenthy. Was that an intentional pun? Because you <laughs> no, have Picard. Now that you said it. I do think about that. Yeah, you have Picard. You yeah. have number one, Will Riker, and then you have you know the counselor, right? You have. I, I mean, you have the you have a good portion of the bridge air. That. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> and, and even think of that. And what was great about Nepenthe, you you kind of got a head chance just to slow down just a little bit. I mean, yes, yeah. you, you, the, with the A plot you slowed down just a little bit, you know. But the B plot you still have uh, the I'm not sure if I'm the lost Syriana still being you know chased by uh, the Romulans, right? Um, uh, and what and, and, mm-hmm. and you know that whole thing that you know so you have you have them being chased and tracked you have so you're with them but then you also have what's happening on the cube yeah 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 i forgot I forgot about that but yeah you have hugh and elnor um trying to you know stay ahead of the tal shiar so it was right. and unfortunately so you had to have a- and unfortunately hugh's demise yeah they, they they are closing you know some characters some of the supporting characters' story arcs with this show, um, you know, for better or for worse. Uh, I, I mean, but it was effective. I mean, I think I think the audience got to know and love Hugh, and then we, you know, then they took him away from us. So let's talk. Let's let's break let's break down the, the Penthe a little bit. Let's let's let, why don't we break it down by storyline, and um, uh, and uh, let's talk. Why don't we start with the cube first, and then we'll go to the ship, and then we'll go to uh, Picard, Will, and Troy. So let's start with the cube. Uh, what what stuck out to you about the events that happened on the cube? I mean, besides the fact that we have um, Hugh dying. Well, 
it's interesting what's going on with Elnor. Uh, I, I mean, he's he's basically a twenty a year old kid, uh, and you know, still new to the ways of the world. And you know, now you know he was he was Picard's muscle for a little while. Now he's on a on a board cube. Um, being chased by the Telshiar. But man, you want to you want you want someone that's kick ass against the Telshiar. You want him. So my, yeah. my 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 new line before I fight somebody is going to be you know be uh, please my friend choose life. We'll see how that works. <laughs> see how that works for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and we always see how that ends up for you know for an elder, it, you know, it, depending on how you see it, it ends up well, you know, well for him. But uh, yeah, you know. well, at least not in the Penthe, which is what we're talking about here. Um, obviously, uh, yeah. So uh, I mean, that's probably the anything else in the Borg cube that we need to talk about. We're dealing with ramifications of, of course, Picard and Soja leaving. Right. Right. I mean, I mean, it's it's we say we say goodbye to Hugh, and and we w- wonder, okay, how's Elnor going to survive uh, this thing? And he's got, you know, he's on this big board cube. You know, he hasn't really. Let, he's been on this planet since he was a little kid, and now right. he's traveling through space and all that. And- Dave, any other thoughts? Uh, no, that. Okay, well, why don't nothing you, really. All right, so take us up to the ship. We're on the what's the name of the ship, by the way? I forget. Uh, the uh, Dave, oh. correct me if I'm the La Siriana, La Serena. Sounds something like that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, um, boy, do we, we we have crap I, going on in this ship too? Well, yeah, yeah they're they're trying to evade the Romulans, and uh, Doctor Gerardi is. Uh, you know, as M might say, uh, she's totally losing her shit <laughs> during this whole episode. Oh yeah, <laughs> well, and she yeah. is, and and we find, of course, at the beginning of this entire episode that she's had a tracker place in her and has been her mind has been corrupted by the uh, Romulans, which is an Easter egg. David, do you know what 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 that Easter egg is involving the tracker? Yeah. Okay, that's an Easter egg. It's an Easter egg to Star Trek VI: The Undiscovered Country. When, when, when Kirk and McCoy go to the Klingon ship, Spock puts a viridium patch. Viridium patch. Yeah. And so, uh, Gerardi ingested this viridian isotope thing inside her. That's true. That's right. So, still, still giving us lots of Easter eggs throughout the show. I gotta watch this again. (laughs) <laughs> oh, like you need an excuse. Come on, Dave. Well, yeah, that's just, that's part of it. Is, is is it bad that I know that? I mean, do I, you know, maybe a little bit, but you know. <laughs> no, it, it's I, I'm I'm more ashamed that I don't. And that, that's the problem. Like and I I blame it on me watching it on my phone cuz I have other people in the house and I'm trying to focus on this usually while cooking dinner or something. I can't give my full attention to it. I have to work better. Be better, Dave. Come yeah, on. Be better. Be better, Dave. <laughs> I'm going to get a shirt. I'm going to get a shirt with that slogan on. Be better, Dave. That That's perfect. <laughs> that's perfect. 
All right. Well, so let's talk about the. Uh, I mean, we have one of the things that frustrated me is especially uh, who's who's the captain of that ship. I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Rios. Yeah. So like Rios is talking to her and she's telling him that I am the one with the tracker and he's totally missing it. Yeah, he thinks it's uh, it's Rafi. Right. But it, but it's uh, it's Gerardi though. That's that's right. That's for sure. All right, so let's uh, let's uh, pick up and uh, go back to da- down to the planet with Picard. Can we mention? Go ahead. Can we mention one one, one thing with 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 Rafi and Gerardi? Just yes. how you know, I'm thinking Rafi is going to get Gerardi to settle down and talk with having a few drinks, and no, um, they bond over cake. That's right. Actually, that was funny. <laughs> Red velvet cake, nonetheless. Yeah. Yeah. Just trying to puke that tracker right up. Right. Yeah, she's doing everything. Uh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Well, let's go down to the planet. We have, of course, Picard, Soji, Will Riker, and Troy, and the son. Um, the, daughter. the daughter. The daughter. I'm sorry. The daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk a little bit about uh, that. It was great, first of all, to hear Will Riker shields up and doing all that stuff that he would have done on the bridge. Nice callback oh. to, the, to TNG. I, this hit me in the feels. This, this whole, you know, Picard back with, you know, the old gang. It was just, um, it, it, it was just wonderful the whole time. The three, the three of them. And just, um, and you know, in, 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 you know, you, you end up loving Riker and Troy more. I mean, yeah, absolutely. What, you want your. This is what you want to hear from your friend. Stay as long as you like. Whatever it is, we can handle it. Right. And, and so. Yeah. And it was it was almost more familial than that. It was like. It's like being older, having your own family, and having your dad come walk through the door. Absolutely. And it and it's like, yeah. Just, just stay as long as you need, Pop. You know, and, and Riker being the only guy who can get away with typical Picard arrogance. <laughs> oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. And I love, I love when Riker says, "Okay, so you don't need to tell me, but here's what I know," and basically tells the whole story just from observation. Mm-hmm. Like, well, she's Data's daughter, or Data related to Data, da, 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 but uh, and the reason you're here is because of the tell she are. Like, he breaks it down. Like he knows Picard that well, and that's just it's one of my right. favorite one of my favorite scenes in that. Yeah, he can read. He reads the situation. You know, he just he he just he can deduce from just without anybody saying anything, just by what by what he has what he has seen, and that's what made him a great first officer back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I, I it was that, and one of my other favorite lines when uh, the daughter is is in the room sketching Soji, and Soji wakes up in bed, and there's that there's a line at the end. I'm going to botch it up, but it says, you know, if you can trust Picard, Picard, like he could become like a father to you, and you could become like a daughter to him. And it's it's that intent. It's not those exact words, but that is a wonderful line. It's a wonderful moment. Yeah, she, you know, she says, 
some of the fact, you know, you have a card and she says, no, I don't. And he goes, but you could. Right. It was. Yes, <laughs> you could. And if you did, he could be, it just, and because it does represent for Soji where the rug is literally been, and she's questioning reality. It, it gives her the potential. Yeah. She needs something to hang on to. Yeah. Well, let's jump into Broken Pieces and talk a little bit about that. Picard, of course, is back on the, uh, I was going to say the Enterprise, <laughs> but back on the <laughs> ship. And then we have, of course, uh, the events that are happening on the Borg Cube. And let's start Borg Cube again. Holy crap. <laughs> yes. Well, the, 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 Holy the question crap. was... Well, I guess it answers the question whether we would see seven of nine again. Well, we mm-hmm. got that, but we didn't just see seven of nine. We saw seven of nine as a freaking bored queen, and boy, yeah. is that was that freaking awesome! It was. <laughs> wow. this might be the old- and you're rooting for the Borg this time. You yeah. are rooting for the Borg, and the fact that. She says, I may not want to let go. Like the Borg, the Borg recognizes that she still has work to do outside of the Borg. That was also pretty awesome. Uh huh. Oh, yeah. That was, that, that was very interesting, that whole exchange. Yeah. My son's yelling at, from, at me from the other room. That was a good scene, though. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, what it has to be one of my favorite. Like when you look into her eyes, I'm like, like does the special effects that they get put into this movie were absolutely incredible or this this show well those eyes just go black yeah it's just oh wow incredible well and and you 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 get even more of an idea how big and vast and ominous the board cube was i mean right it's been it's been you know many years since we've seen the Borg on screen. And so with today's technology and visual effects, what they could do, I mean, even, even with the Borg ship as, as damaged as it is, it still looks totally badass. (laughs) They're watching it start repairing itself. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty incredible. Pretty incredible. So uh, let's, let's let's hop onto the ship here a little bit. Unless there's is there more we want to say about Hugh and the Borg? Or are we good with that? I mean, that was really the highlight for me. Well, that oh, yeah. that and when Seven of Nine comes in to rescue Elnor, it's like you know, great shootout. You know, just you know, kick ass, take names, right? That's it. Well, the 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 Romulan um, Telshiar, uh Whatever, and also that faction that that hates synthetic life. I mean, uh, she's just evil. I mean, um, she is. She she wants to. She she was killing all the uh, all the uh, all the Borg. Ex Borg, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course, you saw at the very end when they surrounded her that she flashed out. She was beamed out of there. Right. Yeah. At least that was my assumption. You don't really see it, but you see this little flash as they're all converging on her. And just well, seeing all those those ex Borg, they just and all, all of them probably figure out all of us could die, but we got to take her out. But they they came at her anyways, and they, the the only thing that saved her was just getting transported out of there. 
But did she get any nanites injected into her in the process? Will be the good question. That will be the question. And that would make a very interesting twist coming down the pike. Oh yeah. Yeah. Definitely. All right, well let's uh let's get let's go on to the chef. We of course have the events of Soji and we find out a pretty interesting revelation about Rios. Boy, this is a backstory I was not seeing. Oh yeah. I'm really enjoying the Rios character. Wow. Very I, much. I, not not just the fact that he has his his ship is populated with different hologram versions of himself. Right. But <laughs> But just uh, you know his, you know what what he's going through, and you know maybe that's why he has. I mean, maybe there's a reason why these holograms all look like him and are different, just kind of like different facets of him. It's. I wish Christie was here to 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 dissect him psychologically. I think that would be that would um, be fantastic. That'd be interesting. That would be an interesting discussion. And just Rafi trying to interrogate all of them to find little pieces of information to this story. Yeah, that was a good scene. Her and all, all, all the holograms. I love the engineering hologram. That was his accent. You know, it was just great. Just... <laughs> that, that was definitely a callback to a chief engineer we know and love. Oh, yes. Uh-huh. Yep. It was definitely fantastic. Mm-hmm. But... Yeah, so I, I I really did like that, and we we of course find out that the scientist is going to turn herself in. She admits to having the tracker and being corrupted by the Romulans, and so that all that confession, and then Soji takes over the ship to fly it into her homeworld using the board. Well, let me ask you guys something. Let, let me ask you guys something. Gerardi, is she? She was the victim of a non-consensual Vulcan mind meld. Is she totally responsible for killing uh, Maddox? I would say no. Only because I, I, I'm pretty sure we've seen it before. Well, even even look at McCoy back at the end of Wrath of Khan in Search mm-hmm. for Spock. You know, he, he was the victim of a Vulcan mind, Doctor. Right. And his attempt to, when he broke into Spock's quarters, started going kind of nuts. It was completely out of character for him, but whatever was put in his mind, you know, happened to kind of take over a bit. And I'm almost positive there was something with that in another series where a Vulcan put something into someone's head like that and, and it just completely changed them because she has no idea to know if what she's seeing is true or what this is just the visions that she's seen yeah that's what i think too i don't think she's totally res- I, I i think because she was compromised that needs to right. be taken into account when being judged for killing maddox well and it'll be interesting to see if she if she does end up turning herself in when they get to the star base or whatever, and if this comes out and she's telling them, yes, you know, Commodore Yo, Commodore O, 
put this in my head, what kind of questions that's going to start to raise. And if the cover for this thing is going to get totally blown off or if she's just going to be dealt with. Right. To keep her silent. Yeah. And I'm really curious. I'm really curious about Soji's world as well. Oh, yeah. Well, we find out that uh, there's there's other sins, uh, other androids like her. I mean, that, right. that, that that's part of the whole uh, the thing with Rios. Uh, his captain identified two, two synths, and um, he was under Starfleet orders to kill any synths. And so there, I don't know if there's any more uh, androids like Soji around. Yeah, absolutely. There was at least... There's at least three at one time. Yeah. Which would mean there'd at least be a fourth if they're made in pairs. That's yeah, true. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we're going to, we're going to find out hopefully in the upcoming episodes here. Mm-hmm. And, and how cool was that conversation between Picard and Soji talking about data? It, it, it's yeah. almost, yeah. A, almost a healing yeah. A healing time for Picard trying to deal with Data's death still. Right. I, if what, what another scene I liked was the, him and the Admiral. Uh, it was it was oh, kind yeah. of you know it was well, it was fun seeing Picard vindicated, but it was also Picard doesn't know when to shut up. <laughs> the he Admiral has to tell him. doesn't. It's like it's like again, like talking to your grandfather or something. He just wants to keep going on and on and on. It's like we get it. You're right. Okay. Yes. Uh, um, with all due respect, at last, shut the f <laughs> shut up. The f up. Absolutely. Oh, I am too, but I'm, I'm sad we're getting close to the end. Yeah. <laughs> right, so... Friday night, um, you know, I'm walking around and I'm just looking at stuff and uh, I noticed this, uh, th- this young lady says, um, oh, you, 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 you got a cool, um, oh, what's this? The, the cool lanyard. I was wearing my Star Trek lanyard that I got from um, Mission New York in 2016. And I thanked her and we, we, we talked for a few minutes and, um, I, you know, she's, she's a cosplayer. She had her own booth um, and she was going to sit on panels and stuff, but she was very fascinating. We're, we got talked about all things Marvel, and her knowledge of Marvel surpasses mine by a lot. Um, but she she was fun to talk to over the weekend. I asked if I you know for, told her about the podcast. I do like an interviewer, and she was in, she was open to that. So I interviewed her this weekend. Talked a little about her cosplaying and uh, and and how she's used that for you know opportunities to you know professionally and also you know to, for her to do some activism um she, she's she's got a great story about uh, uh her, her likeness in a comic book um so she she friday night she was dressed in in star trek cosplay 
through the weekend, she was dressed as different Marvel characters. So, yeah, it was great. It was, you know, cosplayers are fun. And when you get to go to these conventions, um, if you're lucky, you get to meet, meet them and talk to them and um, maybe get a picture of them or something. Right. Absolutely. Well, good. Well, I'm, I, I'm glad you got a chance to interview her. And uh, why don't we share that interview and then we'll go ahead and wrap up the show. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm at Farpoint 2020, and I'm hanging out with cosplayer extraordinaire, Miss J. Justice. Miss Justice, welcome. Just J. Justice, no honorific or gender title required. You're extraordinary to me. Thank you. I was delighted to just talking to you last night. Um, but thank you for taking time to talk with me on the Sci-Fi Diner podcast. Thank you. So what was it that got me into cosplaying to begin with? Well, I've been a comic book and science fiction literature fan since I was reading at three years old. Um, my first comic book was Punisher War Journal. I was four. My mom was like, what is this garbage you're reading? <laughs> it was very uh, very violent, but I mean, as a kid, you just enjoy anything that's got pictures. Um, I want to say I've been going to comic conventions since I found out that they existed when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And the first convention I worked at, um, just as a professional, not as a cosplayer, I hadn't cosplayed yet, I was working uh, promotions and uh, marketing for Activision to promote Marvel Ultimate Alliance uh, 2, the video game. Mm-hmm. Because it's a combination of video games and then comic books, my two big favorite things. And by being behind the scenes, working at a booth, looking at all the cosplayers in a different light, thinking, hey, they're having a good time. Like, maybe I should try that. It looks like a lot of fun. I don't really know how to sew. I, I made a pillow when I was 12. And I just, the next year, I said, okay, I'm not going to work at the con. I'm just going to buy a ticket and, like, just go for fun and not really, like, focus on, like, working. Just, just make a costume. And that really, the bug bit me. I made a storm costume based on the video game that I had promoted the year before. And even though it was not the best costume, it was really well received. People were super nice. I got photos with every X-Men cosplayer I, I met. I got, I made friends there. And that feeling of community and positivity back in 2010 is what made me think, I want to keep doing this. This is fun. And the more I did it, the better I got at sewing, making more high-quality costumes. I was offered a gig uh, to work at a comic book store for their convention down in Baltimore, um, Third Eye Comics. And that was my first paid gig as a cosplayer, not just a comic book expert or a marketer or a promoter. And I just, it's kind of snowballed. The more uh, work you do, the better you work at your craft, the more opportunities will come to you. And you kind of have to prove that you're at the level that people are asking you to work at. And yeah, that's just, I've just been doing that ever since. Fantastic. I've seen some of the pictures you have. It's a diverse group of superheroes, sci-fi heroes that we know and love. When you decide you want to cosplay a character, what is it about the character that draws you to them? Well, it's funny. I don't pick characters based on how they look, what gender they have, what race they are, anything like that. It's, do I enjoy this story? I get sucked into stories, into video games or movies or comic books, and then there'll be a design that I enjoy visually as well as a character I identify with strongly. Sometimes a combination of those things or like, let's say a good example, nobody would ever look at me and go, she's a cosplay Namor because I don't look a thing like Namor. I'm not really like Namor in personality. I am a bit of a flirt, but Namor is definitely a very strong character, very persuasive, very pushy, and uh, his first appearance, wasn't he like kidnapping Sue Storm? <laughs> so uh, when I cosplayed Namor, I was like, okay, I'm going to make a combination of his original outfit, which is, you know, the green spanky pants and the bracelets, the of course the ankle wings and the dark hair, and I'm going to make a version of that that is both con safe, because you know, as a person with a you know cis female body, you're not allowed to be topless unless you're like in New York. <laughs> so I had to convert his bikini outfit into one that would suit a female form legally at a convention. Mm-hmm. Um, and just made the one piece bathing suit out of it and, you know, got the wig. Made, made a version 
personal character that I liked that I wanted to become that was still identifiable as such, as long as you're not looking at the character through um, heteronormative lenses, meaning, oh, it's a girl in a green outfit, she must be Mira, which is what I got all the time, even though Mira has red hair. <laughs> it doesn't look a thing like Namor at all. Um, so yeah, basically the process is just like, do I like this thing? How can I make this thing suit my needs as a cosplay? Like, what do I want it to look like? How is it going to fit me? How do I bring myself to this character is kind of the process. Mm -hmm. And also, how do I make it affordably? Because I am not a wealthy person. I'm disabled and, like, the higher your need for income, the less income you're allowed to earn in this country. It's kind of ridiculous. So there's very little money for like fun things or things that aren't necessary to live, but when you make cosplay into your job, you can kind of say, okay, I can invest this much into this look because it's going to help me career-wise. I'm going to get paid to make this costume, that kind of stuff. Um, I was having a great conversation about your cosplaying and, and where it's taken, and you've, you've alluded to a lot of that. You're not just wearing a costume, you're also the artist, the craftsman, the seamstress. Yep. Um, so has this been um, just a hands-on trial and error process for you in, in making costumes? Making costumes is 100% absolutely a hands-on trial and error, like blood, sweat, and tears process. You learn by doing. When you're a cosplayer, you become the tailor, the seamstress, the fabricator, the hairstylist, the makeup artist, you know, the prosthetics craft person, like everything. You have to just learn by doing it. And the, the trick is to start with the cheapest material as possible. Like if you're making an armor, start with cardboard, start with paper, like make a version of it that's affordable or, or free even. My roommate uh, used to work at a comic book store, so we'd get boxes all the time. They're just thrown away. It's like, okay, this is going to be my pattern. You know, oh, I'm throwing out this yoga mat. It's got beer on it. That's fine. I have soap. I will use this yoga mat to make an armor. And you kind of have to like learn the pattern you're working on first on the paper or the cardboard, and then once you think it's going to fit you, you can move on to the foam that you may not be able to buy more than once. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely learning as you go and trying to be as safe as possible. I always remind people, wear gloves working with heat. Yes. <laughs> wear a ventilator mask if you're working with anything that you shouldn't be breathing into your lungs. Like, work outside if you can. That way there's, like, free ventilation as opposed to having to buy a fan. Uh, yeah, it's definitely a trial and error for sure. I, I could say look at some of these pictures and look at the costume you're wearing now. Not Lady Thor, just Thor. Just Thor. But uh, the, the quality is is, is is up there. It's superb. Which Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, you're welcome. Um, so cosplaying has opened, as you alluded, has opened up opportunities for you. You've done some modeling and consulting. Can you tell us more about some of the things you've been able to do with the cosplay? Well, I mean, arguably, I think I'd still be doing the consulting without the cosplay because I did consulting before costuming. Like, my first gig was just because I was a huge Marvel fan. I was extremely knowledgeable on it. My nickname was Encyclopedia Brown as a kid because if I like something, I'm obsessive about it. Like, like with all the fans at this convention, most likely, if you like Star Trek, you know far more than the average person about it. Um, I think that costuming has given me, like, an avenue and a more of a visual medium because when you make a post, a picture sells it much better than words and having imagery that people find interesting can help you get you know more viral or get you more like eyes on your work but I still feel like the nature of consulting is just based on your lived experience and your educational background not so much the costuming stuff but I definitely think that being able to be the cosplay face of She-Hulk for Marvel comics or having original characters based on my likeness does definitely help in terms of professional stuff but I don't know I think I'd probably still be doing something nerdy even if I didn't make costumes so if somebody bought a She-Hulk comic book within the last 
four years. That's probably the one with your, your cover on it. No, because it's a variant cover, which means that it's a retail incentive. Your store had to buy 15 of the illustrated cover to get one okay. photo shield. So it's actually a very hard to find book. So a handful of people might have it. Um, I would probably say at least a thousand people because. Well, that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's good. It's pretty neat. Mm -hmm. I got people from other countries who like bring their comic books for me to sign it for them. And it's, it's very much an honor to know that there's a oh, picture wow. of me in people's homes. You're forever mortalized on comic book cover. It's, it's pretty cool. Also on the credits page, because Marvel only made one credits page for the entire run of A Force mm -hmm. Number One. So even if you bought a, a cover that didn't have my face on it, my name is still inside the book. Pretty cool. That's a huge accomplishment. It's it's a very much an honor to mm -hmm. know that out of all the She-Hulk cosplayers they could have chosen, I was the one who had the costume that they approved of and that was available to shoot at the time. Meaning that you know there, there are tons of amazing cosplayers. Not everyone was ready to go when the call came, yeah. and that's that's the difference. You have to be ready when opportunity knocks to open the door. Right, right. Um, We'll talk about some of the things you and I are both obsessed with uh, pertaining to all things geeky and nerdy. I was really impressed with your fountain of knowledge of all things Marvel. If I, <laughs> if, I if I do a Marvel trivia contest, it's not fair for me to enter. It might not be. But <laughs> I, okay, I think the rule is if you have ever received a paycheck from the company that the contest is about, yeah. you should be disqualified. Yeah. And I and I have a paycheck that says Marvel on it. So, oh well, so much for that. I'm just trying to be fair. I would right. be annoyed. I'm a ringer. I'm yeah. a ringer for that. <laughs> That's not cool. <laughs> but I, I, again, I'm very impressed with your knowledge of all things Marvel. It was a fun conversation. Everything Thank about. you. Yeah, I'm doing a panel on uh, Marvel tomorrow, so that'll be fun. I, I, you know, I, if I'm not doing anything, I'll be there. It's called the Infinity Saga. It's at one o'clock. <laughs> I, I, I will try to get there. I, I, it sounds like it'll be fun. So if listeners want to check out and learn about more about all things uh, J-Justice, where do we send them? Uh, my social media handle is ThatJJustice. It's T-H-A-T-J-A-Y-J-U-S-T-I-C-E. I have the same username on Facebook, Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Twitch. If you like video games, you can watch me play video games on Twitch. Also watch me craft my costumes live on oh, stream okay, yeah. you can ask me questions i'm always happy to educate people about either costuming or video games or comic books anything jay it's been a pleasure talking to you sure can't wait to hear this thanks so much <laughs>
All right. Till next time, good night and good luck. We'll see ya. And go boldly. That was awesome.